Hello and welcome to the Leaders in Tech and e-commerce podcast. I am your host, Andre Palamario, and I am the APEC Director for Elkut Global Executive Search. Our mission is to connect the tech in supply chain and e-commerce ecosystem in Asia and globally by bringing forward some of the most interesting stories about success and failure from leaders in the industry. I am happy to have with us today Candice Ong. Candice is the Chief Commercial Officer at Shopback. Shopback is the leading rewards and discovery platform in Asia-Pacific, and is a pre-shopping portal that enables shoppers to make better purchase decisions. It is a one-stop rewards and discovery platform for users to earn cashback while delivering performance-based marketing to merchants. First launched in Singapore in 2014, Shopback has since expanded its reach to nine markets across Asia-Pacific. Now a few words about Candice. Prior to joining Shopback, Candice traded the world of investment banking for e-commerce when she made the move to Zalora in 2012. Candice was also a member of the CFE Subcommittee on Future Corporate Capabilities and Innovation in 2016 and chaired the retail panel for the ASEAN Business Club Forum in 2015. She echoes the push for greater innovation in Singapore and firmly hopes that future generations will go on to surpass the ones before them. Hi, Candice. It's a pleasure to have you with us today for the podcast. Hi. Thanks for having me on as well. Great. So Shopback is, is already a very strong brand in the region, and I'm sure we'll, we'll cover all the details. But before that, just to set the scene, if you can take a few minutes and introduce yourself, your role, and then we'll cover more about Shopback. Sure. So I'm currently the Chief Commercial Officer of Shopback. I largely take care of the P&L at Shopback. Shopback is across nine countries currently, and we have been expanding really quickly across the region, and I'm really excited to be part of this journey. And when you say expanding really quickly, I think that's an understatement. It's quite a fast growth that we've seen, especially in these current circumstances. And you've been with the company for the last, I think, if I'm not wrong, four years. I'm just wondering if you look back at, the, at the, the four years and maybe previously, what would you say are some of the big milestones in this professional journey? What would you say? Yeah. Sure. So I joined the company in January 2017. I think the aspirations then and now are very different. Previously, we would aspire to be the top cashback platform in Southeast Asia, but now our ambitions are much more regional, APAC. Right now, we are in nine countries previously much fewer. I think in terms of how we serve our customers have evolved as well. We have two types of customers. One would be users and the others would be digital platforms. They could be e-commerces, they could be online travel agents. They all use our platform to reach out to customers as well. I think long time ago, we were a lot more focused on just general marketplaces, but now we've evolved to more lifestyle as well. We also have more products. Last time, I would say the main focus would be on just cashback. Now, we also enable consumers to search within our platform price comparison in terms of the products they are looking for. We also sell vouchers or store credits in Singapore, and we also have expanded in terms of product verticals to go offline in Singapore as well. So I think we have really expanded in terms of not just geographical footprint, but in terms of product line footprint. And I would say now in 2020 versus 2017 or even 2014, the company has grown tremendously. Mm. 
And I would I would stay on this topic of growth because just browsing on on Google, we saw that Vietnam is is a new market for you, and I, I'm sure it's it's a high growth market. Korea as well might be a, the next high growth one. I'm wondering, during a time of you, if you, we look around, there is quite a bit of uh, suffering and crisis in the business world. How did this strategy of expansion come, and why did you decide to do it? What was the motivation behind it? Sure. I think in terms of growth and ambitions of growth, we would need to be intentional about it. In terms of geographical expansion, that is something that Shopback has been fairly successful. Aside from Korea and Vietnam, our previous successful expansion was to Australia, and that gave us confidence that we could expand into Vietnam and Korea as well. We have an expansion team. Our expansion team plays a crucial role in understanding and and exploring potential markets to which we should expand into. They, they would also be the, the team that's charged with hiring folks on the ground to expand into. I think in terms of COVID and in terms of the recent pandemic, definitely in terms of travel that has been impacted, but the expansion team has been very much still engaged with the local teams on the ground. I would say that one, one thing to note would be in terms of whether we will go forward or not in terms of expansion would be to consider has the new, has the norms changed? We see that the uh, digital will play an even bigger role in consumers' lives as well as higher uptake in terms of digital commerce. So we felt that expanding is the right thing to do. And this is on the geographic aspect of things. I wanted to go a bit back on the product focus. Shopback mm-hmm. at, at its core, I'm sure it's, it's tech driven. And I'm wondering when, when we th- think technology that you're using and the products and, and the new features that you're bringing on, how does yeah. this work and how is tech driving this growth of, of yours? Because we talked about a few, the Shopfest festival and a few other things. I'm just wondering how does the marriage between tech and product work for you? Sure. So as with new norms as well and observing your customer behavior. We are always trying to find new ways to serve customers. And we noted that value is an increasingly important concept for users. This year, we have launched a product comparison. It's an aggregation service for users to search and compare prices across items from shopback merchant partners. We also have launched another product, it's uh, vouchers. And this enables consumers to buy gift cards or, or store credits at discounts, right? And this is also tremendously, I guess, useful for merchants who are trying to lock in their sales through the sales of such store credits. So these were only all possible through tech, right? In terms of creation of this product, commercial team together with tech and product teams, we need to come together to offer these digital services. And how do you decide? Because it's interesting. I'm sure there's a lot of different type of features that you focus on. But when you're mentioning them, I'm sure you have a priority list. I'm just wondering, Mm -hmm. what is the process behind it? What makes you decide this is important and this will maybe not so important? We actually have a framework that the acronym of it would be SUM, S-U-M. So that would be shopback, users and merchants. And we speak to understand in terms of prioritization, does it serve these three stakeholders, right? Does it make sense of the business? Is it something that will be useful for our consumers and users? And is this going to also serve the need of our merchant partners? 
as well. So in terms of prioritization, we seek to make as big impact as possible, and that's where we'll put our resources and energy behind as well. So that's how we think about prioritization. And of course, the consideration would span across countries. If it's a product that's only going to be perhaps relevant for one country, that would not take precedence over something that would be more relevant across the board. Mm. Got it. And now looking at that this year, it has been full of up and, up and downs. And as we know, every time there is a crisis, there might be opportunities. What mm-hmm. I'm wondering is, in this overall situation, how has your collaborations with the merchants, especially in this situation, worked? And what are some examples of support or maybe projects that you focused on them? Sure. So with respect to merchants specifically as well, I think a lot of them have been reducing their marketing budgets due to concern in terms of spend. I would say there are two types of behaviors that we've noticed. One would be general decrease in terms of spend. The other would be the concern around cancellations and and rejections, right? And in terms of amount of spend, one thing that has worked out well for us is that given we only charge commission on a sale basis, which means we only charge a merchant partner when there has been a successful sale net of cancellations and rejections, it's very much cost efficient for them to work with us. So I think that has worked out well for many merchant partners who were concerned about whether marketing here would be effective for driving sales, that's one. Two, will marketing expenses here take into consideration high cancellations and rejections, given that perhaps individuals are less certain about some of their purchases and might reject down the line. And given that we only charge on a confirmed sale basis, advertisers has been a lot more comfortable in their marketing dollar of us in generating sales for their companies. Hmm. And I think at some point I was just scrolling through LinkedIn you mentioned that the cancelled or unfulfilled orders also incur no costs and there are a few things that you're you're pushing forward in order to eliminate risk when it comes to merchants. Is that correct? Yeah, so we are trying to help the merchants reduce their risk in terms of what ROI does their marketing dollar move. So given that we are net of rejections and cancellations, I think this has been particularly useful for, say, online travel agencies, right, mm-hmm. which during the pandemic has seen massive amounts of cancellations and rejections. And this has led to reduced conversion rates generally. Now, with traditional marketing that might not take any form of ROI in consideration, that could be perhaps concerning for many executive teams and they would like to reduce their marketing dollar because they're not sure what that will bring in terms of sales. But given that we are so sales focused, I think that gives a bit of confidence that we are worthwhile investment. Secondly, in terms of lower conversion rates generally due to uncertainty with the pandemic, and we only charge on a sale basis as opposed to a cost per impression or cost per click, this also given, I guess, merchants quite a bit of confidence to work with us. So in the second quarter, we've seen about 500 new merchants coming on board our platform. So Candice, we were talking about merchants. I was wondering, how many merchants do you have at the moment? So Shrugback has about 4,000 merchants across the region. Hmm. I mean, that's, that's an impressive number spread across the, the region. Now, 
I wanted to ask you a bit more about the users and coming back to trends, because I'm sure in the last few months you've seen a few trends when it comes to user behavior online. Can you tell us a bit more about that? One thing that we definitely noticed is an uptick of users trying different types of e-commerces. Given, I guess, lim more limited accessibility to goods given lockdowns, consumers in terms of the accessibility offline has been reduced. So aside from general marketplaces, we do see users procuring more goods and items from more niche players and e-commerces as well. And that's one. Two would be also, I think, an uptick in terms of digital services and entertainment, given, I guess, folks would be more limited in terms of entertainment choices within their home and not being able to go out, at least at the onset of the circuit breaker in Singapore. Last but not least, given that travel, international travel is limited or pretty much non-existing for most, staycations is also something yeah. that is of interest, especially for uh, Singapore. And, and we have seen quite a bit of search in, in that behavior too. Now, in terms of just general behavior across the board, we have seen that increased focus in terms of the focus on value. We have seen especially a uptick in coupon usage in, in quarter two and quarter three. So we can, I, I would conclude that from there, users are much more value focused or value-centric in terms of how they make their purchase decisions. And that has also informed us on why we focus quite a bit on our price comparison development as well. And is there any trend different from country to country or you see it pretty much the same across the region? You see the, the same behaviors? The behaviors might be, I would say, just slightly different country to country, largely because of, say, in, in countries where intra- country travel is still permitted, that activity still goes on. But in countries where perhaps there is stronger lockdowns or in Singapore, it's just a city-state, does not happen as much. But we definitely do see consistency in terms of increased focus towards value for consumers. I wanted to ask a bit about campaigns. So now, mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken, there is a campaign called ShopFest. Can you tell us more about the strategy behind it and, and what you're trying to achieve with this? Sure. So ShopFest is a campaign that we started in 2018. And it brings or it connects the different peak days, peak shopping days, from September all the way to year end. The reason why we did this is that in Southeast Asia and in Australia, Taiwan, we do see that there are different shopping days that are particularly meaningful for users and merchants, right? Users would, I would say, have the intent to make big purchases on these days because this is where they find there's a lot of value. Merchants as well will also focus on these days because these important sale days for them. I would think, I think these are, these are just akin to what China started, the concept of Singles Day or 1111. Yeah. Now, the reason why, why we felt that this was also relevant for us is that how can we better inform customers what to look out for during this big shopping season? So ShopFest extends from September all the way to December, as mentioned, and it kickstarts with the first event on 9-9, and then 10-10, 11-11, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and, and so on, right? But I think customers now not just intend, do not just expect 
to be able to procure their items online. They also expect to be entertained. So we intertwine these campaigns with entertaining activities as well for our consumers. Hmm. When, when you say entertaining activities, what examples can you tell, give us on that? Sure. We, we want consumers to understand that we are a pre-shopping portal. So for example, before 99s kicked in on 89, we would have a live stream and we would share what we feel to be the strongest deals, the best items to look out for in terms of sales across different platforms. Uh, we would have giveaways as well on social media to let customers know, introduce products that could be particularly interesting or new during this time period. We would also have engagement activities that might be marketing campaigns or, or videos that call on consumers to participate, to create videos themselves as well as we did in the Philippines. So that, that's why I meant by like consumers don't expect to just go to a store and make the purchase. Uh, they also expect to be entertained and engaged throughout the shopping season. Hmm. How did the 99 campaign go? I think it's, it just happened a few weeks ago. I'm just wondering what, what results did you see there? Yeah, I think 99 went well. Shopback helped merchants drive about 3.5x in terms of sales uplift compared to an average day in September. An average Shopback user would also have spent about 40% more per transaction compared to an average day. And, and overall, we gave out over 400,000 in cashback just in that single day to users. 400,000, not a small sum by any measure. Uh, that, that's yeah, great, great to hear. <laughs> and I'm sure that the, following the next years, this will only go up and up. You mentioned a few times customer experience in, in one, way, one way or the other, and customers can be both the users and the merchants. I was wondering, how do you measure? Are there certain tools that you use to make sure that uh, you're delivering the best service possible and, and you're, you're kind of testing the waters with both the users and merchants? Any tools to measure customer experience? I wouldn't say so much tools, but I guess in terms of areas that we, we look out for, Right, so we want to make sure that we are aligned to what customers demanding. So in terms of consumers, we would definitely use a whole suite of, of tools to understand if customers are engaging with our platform, customers engaging with our social media engagement, I guess, campaigns, and also are they active on our platform? So for example, we would take a look at say monthly active users, we would take a look at daily active users, We'll explore you know, how much time are they spending on our app to explore different deals. Are we doing a better job by measuring their conversion rate? Uh, we will look at how much sales we are and traffic we are driving to our merchant partners as well. And we'll constantly seek feedback from customers again on both sides, merchant partners as well as users to understand how we can do better for them. Mm. And I think this connection and, and continuous connection and making sure you listen and be engaged and, and engage them is very important for any company growing so fast to do. Now, I wanted to ask you about the future and the future can be short term, long term. But if you look ahead, what are some of the projects that you can share, of course, that excite you the most connected to, to Shopback? And maybe you can share more about it. Sure. I, I think, again, serving the ecosystem is something that keeps us going every day, right? I, I think in terms of, as you mentioned, Shop has grown really well, but we can only grow well if we're able to serve our stakeholders well. So I'm really excited in terms of being able to scale quite a few of these new products or features I mentioned going forward. I think what would be 
will be pretty exciting coming, say, October, November, is that we'll also be releasing a game that users can engage with. It will be called Cashback Troopers. Last year, we also released this game and it's gotten a lot of traction and interest. And the reason why we're bringing it back is that actually users have been very much writing to us or engaging us to say, please bring it back. But we wanted to bring a, a version that's even better so that we took some time to upgrade the game. And hopefully this will bring even more fun and joy to our customers. I, I think I'm also particularly excited about scaling the concept of vouchers as well as product comparison across the region, especially for vouchers, I think this is very meaningful for the merchant partners as well, as they would seek and as this would help them lock in sales with users. In terms of compar product comparison, I think this is especially a relevant tool in these times where users are trying to research and compare prices across the board. Mm. I, I think that Shopback is only going to grow and it's, it's beginning to dominate the region in, in everything connected to the product you mentioned. Now, Candice, I wanted to ask a bit more about the talent side of things and culture maybe of uh, the company. When you look at the most in-demand skills, and we are looking here at e-commerce and, and tech professionals, what can you share? What are the things you're, you're seeing in this area, the skills part? Well, I think the usual textbook answer would be uh, perhaps the most in-demand skills would be data, computer engineering, yes. digital marketing. But frankly, I think one of the more important skills that sometimes neglected and it's relevant to many industries actually, is the ability to deal with ambiguity and apply a first principles thinking to solve problems. A lot of the issues that we are looking to solve for might not have existed a decade ago. The concept of apps is fairly new. So I think in terms of an individual having the skill set to be able to deal with ambiguity and apply first principles thinking is crucial to be able to grow with times and solve new problems as well. I think this is something that schools perhaps do not train as well, but given that disruption is going to happen more rapidly, I think this is an ability we all need to hone. Mm. And if you would look at the culture within uh, the company and you're sitting at the, in the executive team, and I'm sure you, you talk about it quite a bit, what are some of the elements that you want to drive and, and see when it comes to your teammates and the other teams? What would you say define the culture of Shopback? Sure. I think we take our company values very seriously. We will hire and fire by them. Uh, the acronym is KICK ON. So K-I-C-K-O-N. Uh, and it's keep it real. We want everybody to be able to be uh, constructive in their feedback and honest in giving uh, feedback to make things better. We want to inspire, not require. Lead from the front. It to be a, we want leaders and everyone to understand that it's not about uh, leading with a stick, but understanding, you know, how can we inspire folks to do better? Um, see here, we can't is not an option, right? It's all about finding ways to solve problems. It's easy to, to see a brick wall in front of you, but if, if the mindset can just be finding a way around it, I, I think that would really enable things to move forward as well. The next K would be killer team execution. I mean, in, in any organization, I think people think important asset and we need to be strong team players to be able to make big projects happen right all here would be own the change you seek i think all startups 
uh, that would be incredibly important because a lot of things are not developed and we will need to make things happen together. And the last but not least is never ending customer obsession. And that's why we pay such a big focus in terms of learning, uh, listening from uh, customers' uh, viewpoints and their feedback. And I imagine these these values are connected to the way uh, you interview, to the way you promote. When it comes to promoting individuals within the company, what are the main criteria? Is it just the values? I'm sure there's more to it. Yeah, uh, there's definitely more to it. I think it will be values as well as performance and readiness for the next role. Right. So I think values would be key in terms of the foundation to whether one person even gets considered. In terms of performance, in terms of demonstrating expertise in their current role, whether they are ready for the next step. Readiness for the next role is also important to consider because we want to make sure that while they are stepping into bigger shoes, they are going to be ready for their responsibility. Mm-hmm. I think these will be the, uh, some of the key considerations we have when we consider in terms of promotions. Got it. And um, I'm getting close to, to my uh, few last questions. I was wondering if you look back at the four years, maybe four years plus with the company, what are some of the things that come up when you think about the most, the the things that make you feel most proud? And it can be team, it can be your own personal projects, but I like to ask this question about what makes you feel proud when you look back? Sure. I think one thing that makes me very proud looking back is that in 2017, just envisioning where we stand now in 2020 would actually have been a stretch. I would say that the team has definitely made a lot of things happen that we thought could have been a slim chance. At the onset of 2017, I don't think we thought of ourselves as a APEC company. We thought of ourselves just as a Southeast Asia company. I think the ability to manage a successful expansion into, into nine markets is certainly quite a feat. I think it took a lot of hard work to work together, but also to grow together. So I, I'm very proud of individuals who I think have done things that they previously did not think were possible as well. Also very proud that in terms of, of country teams, there even has been turnaround situations whereby we had countries that perhaps were not doing as well, but they pulled through and made it a quite a bit big success. So really very proud and, and thankful to be on board with individuals that uh, I truly respect. I think in terms of the tolerance as well as appreciation for contrarian views also was a key factor for us to get so far. Mm. It's, I can feel the energy coming from that. So thank you for sharing. Now, as a, as a last question, there is a lot of attention coming on on e-commerce in general, because this is maybe one of the spaces that is still going strong, even with all the circumstances around us. For individuals who would like to do a career change and maybe move towards this space, what would you advise them to do? Actually, the main advice I would give has to do with, I think, individuals being open-minded and curious in terms of learning and growing as well as being self-aware about each other's own learning style, right? I think that is incredibly key because different types of environment uh, suit different types of individuals or stage of development as well. And even in the, the startup world, there's a big difference between like a startup like perhaps us, which is perhaps growing very quickly, but relatively small versus, I'm not sure if you call Grab uh, or Shopee a startup, given they are fairly big. 
And then of course, the big tech here would be the likes of Google and Facebook as well. So I think in terms of career changes into e-commerce or tech space, I think being open-minded, being curious, being very beneficial as a mindset. I think being self-aware and being clear on each other's learning style and what kind of environment suits them will also be key to enable better chances of success. Hmm. I thank you very much for the time and sharing. I think Shobek will only go up and up and I wish you best of luck in the future. Thank you very much, Andre. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For all the show notes and information discussed in the episode, please follow elkatglobal.com slash podcast. Also, if you found this interesting, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify or Stitcher or one of the podcast platforms. We are looking forward to your feedback.